On this episode, we're going to be talking about TV advertising tips, which surprisingly very similar to advertising on Facebook. Do stay tuned. Welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenei, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. It is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Clavio in my e-commerce store and in stores I advise for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as Brooklyn Inn, Bonobos, and Chobis use Clavio. Here's why. Clavio has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audiences integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So as you continue to scale up your store, Clavio will help automate a lot more sales. Try Clavio today on Clavio.com, spelt K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. This is the e-commerce podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail, not at the enterprise level and neither at the micro retail level. We're at the fine middle and we're geared to drive in metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales. So if you're looking to drive this metrics by 2X, 3X, or even 10X, listen in because I handpicked the guests to come onto this show to share their expertise and experience. And if they can help you grow, I bring them on. Speaking of which, I am um, in the company of Scott McDonald. He is the CMO and co-founder of bizcancel.com. Now, the reason why Scott is here is that he has witnessed the power of television earlier on in his career. He has worked in the past with the likes of Procter & Gamble, um, lots of FCMG brands, basically. And he moved into an audit to help an online marketing, an online legal company, Legal Zoom, just propel into TV advertising. And the numbers I was going through with him um, prior to this show are ridiculous in terms of the impact of television. So the idea of this show really, or this episode really, is to open your eyes, right, up to you know, TV and possibly radio as another channel to further scale. 
your sales. So if you're plating in with, you know, search, with Facebook advertising, with influencer marketing, it might be that the next step really is television. And Scott's just going to take us through the experience with legal zoom and, you know, all his, his, his other, you know, experience prior to that when he was working in advertising. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome you, Scott, to the show. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, I've enjoyed listening to your episodes and, uh, I've, I've learned some things from you. So I appreciate you uh, doing this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I always love guests to introduce themselves. Um, so if you could take a minute or less, um, could you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, my, my story is one of bouncing between advertising agencies and the client side. Um, maybe I'm a grass is always greener kind of person, but uh, I've found in my career probably half of my time working, with, working at or with clients um, and the other half of my career working with or at advertising agencies. My first job was an advertising agency, uh, uh, Leo Burnett in Chicago, and I uh, started my career on the Procter & Gamble account um, with uh, Cheer Detergent and Pert Plus. And after that time, I've kind of moved between um, media, uh, offline traditional media to online media. I was a media director of a purely digital shop for four years. Um, and the, I think this, the bullet point about me is that I really love, or I'm, I, 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 the, the idea of bringing a company from nothing to something that people know and is, and uh, a company that is profitable is the most fun that I have in my career. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okie dokie. Let's, um, I guess let's rewind. Let's, let's go back in time and, um, let's look at, um, your career in, um, legal zoom. Um, what, you know, how things were going in legal zoom, um, and how they came to the realization that, look, we need to sort of transcend digital marketing channels, um, because they had probably, you know, peaked or, you know, um, picked out and on, um, on exposure. What, what, what was, what was life like there? Yeah, life was relatively good, but relatively small. Uh, when we looked at, so LegalZoom started around, I think, beta in late 2000, really started going in 2001. And the only way that they built their company was initially on some pretty good PR because we, we uh, had the face of our company. And one of the founders was a very famous attorney in the United States. And so that got us some good PR hits. Um, but, but aside from that, it was really search engine marketing. Um, legal zoom started working with, uh, Google and back then go to, and a bunch of other search engines that I don't even think exist right now, but they did, they did quite well in bringing traffic to the website for people that were raising their hands. Um, and obviously there's only so much scale in search engine marketing, especially back then. Uh, because you can only sell to the people that are raising their hands and saying, you know, searching for what you do. And so uh, at some point, while search was profitable and affiliate marketing was profitable, um, we had hit a plateau. Uh, and that's around the time when I started working with them. I came to LegalZoom from a digital marketing agency, and, and I was actually hired to run digital. But my my previous career, my initial training was all about traditional media and offline. And I knew the power that it had. And so I went and literally had to, uh, had to offer up my job if a radio campaign that I was recommending did not work. And I had to do 
all these pro forma statements and here are the impressions and this is the response rate and the impressions. And if they get here, this would be the conversion rate. And this would be the cost per sale. Um, this would be the revenue per order. And I built out all of these things and it was all just, you know, it was made up. It was like, please let this be the pro forma that becomes reality. Um, and for, and we started with a very, very small rate, uh, uh, spend on a weekly basis, just the weekend, um, $2,000 a week, which is, you know, it's kind of unheard of that you could do a, a campaign for that. Um, but that's really all the leverage that I had. And so if you'd like, I can go into the story of, you know, how we chose that show and the, and what kind of creative execution we went with. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's quite interesting in terms of your approach to doing the radio adverts. You know, um, you didn't just buy a commercial, a jingle. That's right. Or with a voiceover person or voice, you know, um, expert. Right. You know, you know, just doing the voiceover and, you know, pitching your, 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 your site or your business. You took a different approach, which, you know, um, was was not done, you know, at the time. So, if you could shed some 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 more light into um, why you chose um, those shows and um, the approach you took into, you know, advertising would be great. Well, I had a lot of nervous people around me about spending money in radio. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when we walked away from our first meeting, uh, a, some, a couple of the founders that I was with said, no, absolutely no, we're not doing this. And so I had to, like a, like a water torture, <laughs> continue to drip ideas and thoughts and proformers uh, on the, uh, the, really the powers that be. And the, the, the idea that we had was instead of going to an agency and trying to sec, you know, uh, create this expensive, sexy radio ad, why don't we work with these talk shows in the U.S., specifically in Los Angeles where we were, um, and use their disc jockeys and their radio hosts to read the ad? Just like LegalZoom started with some borrowed credibility from that famous attorney that I was talking about, um, we thought, well, if we've got these people, like these, these listeners to these shows, and you know, passionate listeners to these shows, and they'll never miss the show, almost cult-like to, to some degree, um, if, we could, if we could have those hosts speak about our company then we might be in a good position. Um, and not only that, but because we were a legal company, we found a guy who on the weekends did a legal show, a legal advice show, call in and oh, ask your questions. Okay. So, okay. so the combination of those things, we thought if we can't make radio work with this combination, a lawyer talking about our company to his dedicated audience, then okay, that radio was just not going to work for us. Um, and so we finally rolled the dice and uh, signed them up. And again, very, very low spend, $2,000 a week, which bought us four spots, two on Saturday and two on Sunday, which is almost zero frequency. Okay. And um, was what year was this? This was 2004. 2004, okay. And then um, this chap, was, was, what's the reach of this radio station? Was it local to Chicago or was it national? Well, this was now in Los Angeles and it was, it was a national show, but we didn't have the money to buy it nationally. So we only bought it locally. Okay. In LA. Okay. All right. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. And then when, what's, what was your, your, um, your gauge of, 
of you know success how how are you you know what were you asking and by the way it reminds me of um podcasting so yes. um, most advertisers now on on podcasts would rather have us the host you know um read out their their, their script you know their, their ad script for good reason you know um well, that, that's absolutely right. And, and cutting, cutting forward, say, six or seven years from that initial radio test, LegalZoom in the United States was probably one of the, top, the first three to five advertisers in podcasts with, podcasts, those, yeah. with the exact same model. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So, so, um, how did you, you know, when did you start to see impact and how were you sort of, you know, um, getting the return, you know, gauging the return? By the um, way, I just noticed this. How am I wearing the more British cap and you're wearing the more American cap? <laughs> I was, um, <laughs> I died. <laughs> interesting you're just coming from europe <laughs> <laughs> that's true I did and i traveled it. to to um to to san francisco a few oh, months okay. when i got this at the airport actually it's <laughs> it's the only hat that actually fits me i don't know why and how <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a tribute to stan lee although i love him <laughs> it's an um, for those of you listening, it's it's it's, um, it's a Captain America hat. It can't get any, any more American than this, but <laughs> that's true. Uh, and you're wearing okay, a flat hat. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Where were we? Were, were yes. you asking about uh, how to how we structured to understand the results of the ad? Precisely the impact and and the and then the monetary the, the returns. So we we followed a fairly simple formula, which was it was a it was a direct response ad. And I can talk about this, you know, kind of the ideal structure of what that ad looks like. And we also had a promo code. So if somebody entered the promo code from the show that the host would give out during the show, they would get, I forget what it was, 10, 15% off of their order. Okay. And then you can, uh, you know, typical methods of uh, limited time only this, this, this offer will be around because we really needed to pull out kind of all direct response guns uh, and make this thing work. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Um, what about the structure of the ad? You know, what did the script you handed over to a disc jockey or um, a show host, a legal show host look like? Yeah. And when you generally, when you work with a, a show host and they're doing either live or recorded reads, you're not providing them with an exact script. It's more about bullet points that they can kind of riff on and bring their own um, flavor to the script. But mm-hmm. the structure pretty much has to be the same. And it's, and, uh, and I've been right, I've got probably six across a, a bunch of uh, different accounts, probably six national radio ads running now that I've written, and they all very much follow that sa- the same structure. And the structure is this. It is um, you, you, you find a problem. What's the problem in somebody's life? Sometimes that can be fear, but I don't like going to, uh, uh, on fear-based advertising unless it, the, the product really calls for it. So what's the problem? What's the solution to that problem? which is your company. Why should we believe that solution? Uh, Social proof, the press says this, we've got 5 million customers, whatever it is. And then finally, why should you act on that solution today? That's, That's basically direct response in a nutshell. And the why you should act on it today is it's going to disappear or we've got a discount that's only available now or a free white paper. If you're in the B2B space that you can get. Um, and, uh, and and really that's it. And 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 we started seeing results from that radio campaign. Even though we had two spots a day, um, 
fairly early. The, the, the concern was we didn't have enough frequency behind it. It actually took quite a long time. And I'm talking probably 13 weeks before we okay. got to profitability. Um, and then once you hit that 13 weeks, then you're kind of clawing back on all of the losses you've had in the first 13 weeks. But that was really a, a result of us being somewhat fearful and not spending enough to get a real read. It took a long time to build that, um, build up to profitability. Scott, that structure you gave in direct response ads is golden in the sense that it can be applied to any, you know, direct response, you know, medium, um, finding the problem, what the solution is, or, you know, defining the problem, what the solution is, you know, why you should believe the solution, social proof, and then, you know, why act today, which would be the urgency. It's just, it's just golden. I love that. Yeah, and it's uh, I think probably a fairly American phenomenon. When I when I watch adverts over in the UK or in uh, Europe, you know, it doesn't feel as kind of in your face by now. By now, um, but uh, here it works. <laughs> <laughs> it does work. You're asking, ask and it shall be given. Pretty much. Okay, uh, let, let's move swiftly to. So, um, how long were you running? you know, radio ads. And, and then when did you transition to, to television? When did you take that big lip? Uh, we ran radio for three years. And after we saw the success of that first campaign, we couldn't buy enough. Um, we were, we were starting to uh, expand our markets. We were looking, well, initially we started looking for other hosts around the United States that were lawyers and had their own radio show. Like this is the perfect mix. There's, um, maybe not surprising, very few of those people. Uh, we found a few, but no, nobody performed like our guy in Los Angeles. So one of the first things we moved is, as I mentioned, he w- he had a national show. So we said, well, we got to take that national. So we did that. Um, and then we started buying other types of hosts that just had really good followings. Uh, a lot of sports casters, a lot of other people that were kind of news talk. Um, you know, the, the, the format of sports and uh, news and talk, we really like from a direct response angle because, because they're already giving information. There's no like, it's not like you're listening to a, a song that you love and all of a sudden the soap brand comes in and starts talking to you. It's, we are in the flow of information, you know, and we're, uh, the, 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 the sports hosts can easily transition from the Lakers game or the American football game into our ad and sometimes even kind of uh, bring it together as a narrative uh, if they're clever enough on the fly. Um, Mm -hmm. But certainly they could do that in the news um, and in in news talk. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, we did, we kind of did this national expansion uh, uh, market by market, all of the big ones, New York, Houston, Dallas, uh, uh, Phoenix, Chicago, Detroit, and, then we noticed probably a year and a half in that we, these national radio shows that we were experimenting with had much lower CPMs, cost per thousand, um, whereas a, a local radio show might have been uh, at the lowest $12 CPM all the way up to $40 CPM. We knew that we could start buying national media for oh, much less than $10 uh, uh, cost per thousand. And very often when we got into, um, kind of really mass reach and, and kind of at direct response rates, we could, 
we can make CPMs go lower than $2. And wow. so local had to perform that much better to compete with what we were doing nationally. Wow. Wow. The, so um, uh, you, uh, that's a long way to get to television. My, my sense is always that if you can make a radio campaign work, 95% of the time television is going to work. Um, and um, so I had to convince executives. Again, it was, it was very odd that um, a lot of the executives and, and colleagues around me were very nervous about trying television. And even back in 2007, they were making arguments of nobody watches TV anymore. We've got TiVo, we've got replay devices. Uh, nobody's seeing any advertisements except if you're watching the Super Bowl. That was um, the narrative that uh, you know the media made us believe that. That's right. Yeah, they they really did. Well, especially those you know that that uh, were trying to grow their digital business, and mm-hmm. so uh, we again, we started with a very small test. I had to drag a couple of the executives kicking and screaming into television. Um, and again, I felt like my job was on the line, um, which was fairly ridiculous after having really done a very good job on radio. But um, again, a lot of people were nervous about it. And so we had to decide exactly what the right structure was to launch that first TV campaign in 2007. Okay. Okay. So, so what, what was the structure? Did you go national or did you go local? Did you, did you, was it kind of like um, a deja vu structure with, with radio or um, what, what, what learnings from radio did you apply to at the starting point of TV? Well, I'd say the only, there was a, a couple of learnings that we got from radio. One is that the borrowing of the credibility of somebody that people know can work and uh, this, uh, influ- you know, early influencer marketing. Um, the second thing is that we didn't need to spend a lot in order to get a read. Um, when we started talking to advertising agencies about how, you know, we were, we, I, I frankly didn't know. I came from the world of getting $30 million dropped in my lap as a, a first year out of graduate school and like, you know, go build a media campaign. Um, so I was not in that world anymore. I was in the world of, if I have a dollar to spend, I need to see, you know, 2.5 to $3 coming back on it. So I didn't have like quote unquote brand budgets to play with. And so the, um, the idea was, uh, what's, the, what's the way that we can spend as little money possible to get a read? Advertising agencies, several of them said, you need a million dollars minimum in order to get a read. And I just did not believe that to be the case, and neither did the people around me. And so we found an agency that, said, that basically took our order, and we said, we've got $200,000, what can we do with it? They recommended a local buy. So they wanted to try a couple of local markets. And again, the CPMs at the local level are, um, are, are prohibitive, especially with that kind of budget. Uh, again, you're talking $15 to $30 CPMs for local shows on the national side. If you buy that stuff, direct response, uh, you can, you're in the $7, $7 50 range. Um, and so again, local would have to perform that much better to beat what you did nationally. The issue with national is, okay, we had $200,000 to spend. Um, you can't really spread out that budget across multiple channels. So we said, let's let's pick the channel that skews high against our audience that all the research says that our audience is listening, but watching there. And we chose one channel with $200,000, eight weeks. Let's see what happens. What channels did you choose? 
we chose a very, fairly polarizing uh, channel in the United States called Fox News, which I'm sure many people know, um, because, uh, well, actually, you know, the fact that it's polarizing actually very often can help advertisers. Because yeah, exactly. Of, and and the data spoke for itself. Uh, That's all, right. Uh, uh, but, but really, it came down to a couple of things. One is the cost per thousand was very favorable against other kind of news shows that we we're looking at. And uh, second was that it just had a very strong overlap with entrepreneurs that we were looking to uh, bring to the website and people that had some money. So uh, LegalZoom sells uh, incorporation startup and LLC startup back then. Now that now they do a bunch of legal services as well. I mean, uh, attorney services, but uh, last will and testament, living trust, trademarks, patents, things like that that you could kind of do on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, DIY law with some DIY DIY documents with some help on the side, and so. Um, the the Fox News audience just kind of lit up for those types of products. So how 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 far did um, did, did the two hundred k you know last year? Well, it was no no. Uh, I don't think any traditional media buyer in the right mind would have not bought this schedule. I think it was very low frequency. Uh, we spread it across eight weeks. I mean, you can spend that in a day, obviously, uh, and. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't remember what the frequent, weekly frequency might have been a two or something like that. Um, but it was all direct response. And it was, you know, uh, we had, if, uh, if, we, if we bid and we couldn't clear that media, well, we just weren't going to run that media. Um, and we had, you know, we could cancel it at any time pretty much. Um, and so we had kind of all the right things in place except for a real spend behind this. So this really had to work. Um, and, and, and our, our TV creative now, nowadays, uh, that you can create, uh, video assets very cheaply and they can look very good. Uh, Back then we, we were still, we were still talking about, you know, TV ads were, kind of minimum $300,000, but, you know, agencies were coming to us with a million dollar creative idea. And that was just a, a non-starter. Um, so we, we found a, you know, small production company that did an ad for $25,000. Um, they did the ad on the, for that, that, that low, that, that amount of money on the basis that we would actually do the media buy through them as well. Okay. And so, so, the uh, the ad was just a green screen. Our founder was in front of the green screen, and we were throwing products around and basically followed that structure. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Here's why you should believe that solution. Here's why you should act today. And we put kind of our radio format into a television ad and uh, let it go. So green screen, um, who's talking about the products, what you offer. Was it 30-second slots, standard 30-second slots or slightly we, longer? We did a 60 and a 30. Okay. So we actually launched with both. Which performed better? So the, the results were that the 60 brought in more volume, but the 30 was more profitable because mm-hmm. the, the 60 didn't bring in double the volume of the yeah, 30. Exactly. It makes sense. It's much more efficient. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sense. And, and then um, what was the immediate impact um, the first day you, you advertised on TV and what slots? What schedule? What, what was it? That, um, was it for a specific show or um, was it a particular time of the day? 
How did you sort of iron that out and what, what impact? To get the direct response rates, we had to have a fairly broad rotation. Mm -hmm. And so we couldn't really cherry pick the shows that we wanted to be on. Um, but I think it was, it was limited to, I don't know, daylight hours. I don't think we were running overnights at that time. The, uh, the, the impact was pretty immediate. I mean, day one, we already saw kind of, uh, chatter in the, in the uh, very limited social sphere back then. Um, and we saw some, we saw an immediate spike to our direct traffic to our website. Um, that was very encouraging because we had a very, we fretted the, the previous night. And I remember my boss at the time, the CMO, he walked up and stood behind me and he said, tell me this is going to work. This is the morning of, and I said, and I turned around just full of confidence and fear, but I didn't show the fear. And I said, Oh, this is absolutely going to work. Don't worry. We've got this. <laughs> and, uh, then ran to the restroom. Um, the, uh, the impact was fairly immediate. That's not to say it was profitable, but we could see that this, the, the, the ad was spikes traffic. The, the traffic was up. Um, and the next day, the traffic was up even higher. The next day it was up even higher and orders then started to come in. And by the end of two weeks, we said, we've, we definitely have something. That's not to say it was profitable. It might have been break even, but the trend was ridiculous and we could plot that trend out. And I knew that week, week six, even if the trend was half of what it looked like, we were going to be in great shape. Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, I I worked with a retailer a few years ago, and um, the the founder had um, just exited an, an old another retail business and going to business again. So he had a little bit of cash, and within the first six months of launching his his online retail business, was just doing TV advertising, and um, you could just see it. And, and the, there was they were picking specific times and the spikes were ridiculous in, in analytics. They were ridiculous. And it, it led yeah. to brand names such established them in the market. They settled in the market with that cash and that exposure. And then they didn't do what you guys did, which was sustain the spend. They then reverted to digital. So they just started buying ads in Google um, and then they're, they're now back considering, you know, um, you know, buying, um, going back to TV now that they've maxed out all, you know, um, all those, um, most digital channels, they, they, they see, you know, good direct response results from. Well, I'm still encouraged to see brands that are smaller brands, similar to where LegalZoom was at the time, giving a, getting a, giving a go at television and, and having very similar results. Um, and this is despite Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu and all of the over-the-top things you can have and all the other distra- digital distractions we have in our life that television can still have a place in the medium, a very powerful place in the medium. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely. Almost surprising. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think um, your success, the success of Legal Zoom, um, of Legal Zoom on radio and TV, also had to had to do with the fact that it had a very besides you know um, you guys being in the blue ocean, you know um, it was a blue yeah. ocean you know business. Uh, you had a mass market appeal product, and you know, at at any given point in time in your life, you, you'd need an attorney, right? Every every adult over twenty five would have to interact with an attorney. Do you think that played? to the fact that you could, you know, you could sort of gain that affinity with like, um, the show host, you know, across different, you know, sports shows across different genres. And at the same time, you know, um, you know, go for the fairly broad rotation and, you know, still 
you know, um, make an impact. Absolutely. The, um, I think LegalZoom's depth in products really helped us because there were a number of other companies out there like LegalZoom that did just incorporation services will help mm-hmm. you start your business. Um, and the, the, the research shows that at any given time, you know, 5% of Americans are entrepreneurs or looking to become entrepreneurs. So you've got a much more limited audience. You can still advertise. You can, you can advertise broadcast, but you, you're missing out on the scale of what other products can do. And I think our big one was actually the last will and testament because the stats in the United States showed that 72% of married couples with children did not have a last will and testament, which you might not think is a big deal, but if you were to, you and your spouse were to pass away um, and say, you don't have a, a quote unquote, estate to leave, you still have to decide where you're what's going to happen to your children. Are they going to stay with your mother or your mother? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that can cr- create some interesting conversations between married couples. That's I had just had one with myself, with my wife. And so um, that, I think that product kind of gave us entree into what you were saying, a much more kind of mass market mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, that's why we also chose in our very first ad to actually talk about all the different products we had to offer, you know, protect your family with the last will exactly. and testament or living trust, exactly. uh, start your business and launch your dream with incorporations and LLCs, uh, protect your dreams and ideas with trademarks and patents. Um, not, not, not always the ideal strategy in a TV creative to try to cram a bunch of products into one ad. Mm-hmm. Um, However, uh, in this case, because we were in a blue ocean, uh, we, it was almost like we could have gone out with an advertisement and said, um, w- you want to start your business? Uh, do you want to protect your family? We've got last wills and testaments. We've got incorporation services and we're here at LegalSoon.com because there was nothing else like that around. Um, the ability to save up to 85% versus what an attorney would charge. Uh, provided you, immense value. Yeah. And then, and then the credibility of the attorney kind of speaking on our behalf, um, helped us help people, I think, get over that fear of I'm yeah, going to exactly. go and, and trust online for my, 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 my it's, it's, it's like dent, dent, dentist and, um, on, on toothpaste, you know, adverts. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah, nine out of 10. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the super, 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 um, are, are there any other tips you you you, you can um, you know um, any parting final parting tips you could give to the audience you know around um, you know TV advertising for for those who want to have, who've been considering sitting on the fence um, and want to sort of double down. Yeah, uh, a few tips, really not in any specific order, but one is you don't have to spend a lot on creative. If you, if your product is working in other channels, digital or other offline channels, right, uh, television's got a very good chance to succeed for you. Um, I would ha- just like any other marketing problem, when you go into television, know what you're trying to solve, know what success looks like, um, uh, so that, so that when you look around the room and other executives who are responsible for uh, giving you the money, you can say, look, this is what we agreed to. And this is what we've achieved. Let's get more. Let's do more of this. Um, 
and um, kind of have an idea of what your attribution, how are you going to attribute these orders to television? Um, a lot of companies use a mixture of things, uh, lift in brand search combined with direct traffic. If there's a, a coupon code or a toll-free number that people can use, um, that helps with attribution as well. Um, and then, you know, the, the, after after kind of a few years of stringing together cheap methods of attribution, we got into the world when we were able to spend some real money on media mix modeling, real statistics, econometrics to really tease out the impact of television, not only directly on website, but also TV's impact on search on our banner display campaigns, even on, on what it did to our radio because TV had that effect of, um, absolutely direct traffic coming to us, but also rising all boats around it um, because of the, you know, the visual uh, and, you know, the powerful impact that TV can have. What did it have? What impact did it have on the bottom line of LegalZoom over the years? So you guys started in 2007. And when did you leave LegalZoom? I, I started, I was there in 2004. We started television in 2007. I left in 2014. 14. So over the seven years from 2017 to 14, what was the impact of TV on the bottom line of LegalZoom percentage-wise? Well, um, I, I think some of that data is public, and I can't, uh, I can't go into specifics, but I can say that it was, it was extremely meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when we launched television, and I'm not going to give you the exact numbers, but I'll give you a range. When we launched television, we were growing at an annual clip of, uh, call it 40%. As soon as we launched television, I mean, within six weeks, our annual growth rate doubled. And, um, and so on, on relatively not a lot of money. And so that was almost kind of immediate impact on the bottom line. Just double down and double down and double down until you're Mm -hmm. you're a national brand. And then you think it's just fascinating. And I suppose like um, it gets cheaper if you have that mass market appeal because you're not picky. So if like you're selling, um, you know, shaving sticks for men, you're going to have to try and select shows that, you know, um, have that affinity. Um, And then you you become a lot pickier as a media buyer, you know, when um, you look at a particular demographic, right? Well, if it's if it's a mass mass market product, you know you could just and you know there's a along with this blue ocean, um, you know, um, um, you know, um, scenario, then you know, you're you're quids in, as we say, you know, you're you're, um, you're yeah, you're just going to you know rake in all the 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 cash in terms of returns. Um, Absolutely right, and and we saw that when we years later moved into podcasts, we um, initially started looking for podcasts that were like you know, business oriented or legal oriented. And we threw out, we threw all that out the window when we realized that just finding some of the best comedians in the United States that had podcasts did a great job of driving our product. Again, it was people leaning forward, listening in, um, following kind of everything that these guys say. And then when the ad comes up, it feels similar to content. And he's telling you to go buy a last will and testament, protect your family. Yeah. Um, it worked, worked very well for us. Yeah. All right, Scott, you've been tremendously, you know, um, insightful. This, this show has been very, very, you know, for me, um, for the audience, I'm very sure a lot of people will be reaching out to me and be like, you know, Kune, that this episode was fire. Thank you. You know, oh, this good. 
Sidrin. Um, for people who want to, you know, reach out to you beyond, um, you know, um, going forward, what's the best way for them to follow you or even contact you if you wanted to? Well, um, I, uh, my, I'm almost embarrassed to give out my Twitter handle. It's Uma, Umua, U-M-U-A. Okay. And, uh, I do very little there. <laughs> I usually use my Twitter to, uh, complain on, about customer service, but, um, I'm in, I'm in LinkedIn. Uh, you can check out my current company, bizcouncil.com. Um, that is, we're creating a company to basically prevent bankruptcies. Mm. Um, I mean, not, uh, I'm sorry, prevent lawsuits, um, in the United States, because, you know, ultimately you would never use an attorney if you weren't f- afraid of the lawsuit. So we're going to okay. really, we're trying to really hit that on its head and say, use us. We'll get you in the right place, avoid lawsuits so that you can kind of focus on your business. Fantastic. I'm going to link up to, to biz Cancel, you know, I'm in, in the show notes and, um, I would also link to your Twitter handles, um, to your, um, social, you know, handles for, if you guys have, I, I can't seem to, to find, but I will link to, if you guys have, um, I'll link to your LinkedIn. Um, thank you so, 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 so much. Uh, it, it, was, it was a really, really good conversation. Thank you. It was a true pleasure. Keep up the good work and I enjoy listening to your show. Yes. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2X e-commerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.